Welcome to the BU Podcast. Today we're going to continue reading the book of Genesis of the Bible. We are going to read chapter 17 and 18. And for chapter 19 today, I'm going to give you a recap rather than just reading everything because it is a little bit long, but it's still going to be great. You're going to get the full details and everything. Thank you for joining me. I'm so glad that you guys could make it. Jesus loves you a lot. A lot. He has a plan for your life. He is the way, the truth, the life. And to get to God, to get eternal life, we have to believe in Jesus Christ. And remember, you are never alone because he is there watching over you. All right, chapter 17. Abram is named Abraham. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. This is the famous covenant, one of the five covenants that God made with humans. And he is promising Abraham that he will give him So many descendants as the stars in the sky. And there are a lot of stars in the sky. So we can assume these are a lot of descendants. And we are one of those descendants. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I'm changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever and I will be their God. So God is promising to give the land of Canaan to Abraham as well as his descendants. And that Abraham is going to have so many descendants. And in verse 9 through 14, God is telling Abraham the grand rules to keep the, the covenant going. And if anybody fails to follow those rules, then they will be excluded from the covenant. Sarai is named Sarah. Verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become the father at age of 100? He thought, and how could Sarah have a baby when she's 99 years old? So Abraham said to God, May Ishmael, which was his other son that he had with the servant Hagar, live under your special blessing. But God replied, no, Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. 
As for Ishmael, I will bless him also, just as you have asked. I will make him extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants. He will become the father of 12 princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah about this time next year. When God had finished speaking, he left Abraham. And then in the following verses, we see how Abraham, Ishmael, and the other men followed what God had told them they had to do to keep the covenant. So they did as he said. And that is the end of chapter 17. Here we saw how God confirmed the covenant with Abraham and also promised to give him a son, which is Isaac. Chapter 18, a son is promised to Sarah. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So there's three men and they're just like coming to Abram's tent and house. And Abram is just sitting there like just in the, so hot. He's just like looking around nature, you know, wandering, just thinking. And then he sees these men. He's like, oh my goodness, these men come from the Lord. I I have to treat them well. So he goes and grabs some water to wash their feet. And he also is like, sit under this tree. Please, please sit in the shade. And then he's like, I'll bring you some food too. Rest here. And then so Abraham ran back to the tent. He's saying to Sarah, hurry, hurry. Get large measures of the, your best flour kneaded into dough and bake some bread. Then Abraham runs out of the tent and goes to choose a tender calf and gives it to his servant and he's like quickly quickly prepare it please and then he gets some yogurt and milk and of course the calf it became roasted meat and he served it to the men as they ate abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees where is sarah your wife the visitors asked she's inside the tent abraham replied then one of them said I will return to you about this time next year and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening to the conversation from the tent. She was like eavesdropping. And Abraham and Sarah were both very old at this time. Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, (laughs) How could a worn out woman like me enjoy such a pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? That is amazing. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son.
Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, "I didn't laugh." But the Lord said, "No, you did laugh." Abraham intercedes for Sodom. Then the men got up from their meal and looked out towards Sodom. As they left, Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Should I hide my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the right way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. So the Lord told Abraham, "I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant." I'm going down to see if their actions are as wicked as as I have heard. If not, I want to know. The other men turned and headed toward Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached him and said, "Will you sweep away both the righteous and wicked? Suppose you find fifty righteous people living there in the city. Will you sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes?" Surely you won't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why? You would be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same. Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the Lord replied, "If I find fifty righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake." Then Abraham spoke again, "Since I have begun, let me speak further." To my Lord, even though I am but dust and ashes, suppose there are only forty-five righteous people rather than fifty. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And the Lord said, "I will not destroy it if I find forty-five righteous people there." Then Abraham pressed pressed his request further. Suppose there are only forty, and the Lord replied, "I will not destroy it for the sake of forty." Please don't be angry, my lord," Abraham pleaded. "Let me speak. Suppose only thirty righteous people were found," the Lord replied. "I will not destroy if I find thirty." Then Abraham said, "Since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only twenty," and the Lord replied, "Then I will not destroy it for the sake of the twenty." Finally, Abraham said, "Lord." Please don't be angry with me if I speak one more time. Suppose only ten are found there, and the Lord replied, "Then I will not destroy it for the sake of ten." When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way, and Abraham returned to his tent. And that is the end of chapter eighteen. We're now going on to chapter nineteen, and since it's a little long, I'm going to sum up. Most of it, as reading some of the verses too. Chapter nineteen. That evening, the in the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Lot was sitting there, and when he saw them, he stood up to meet them. Then he welcomed them and bowed with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, "Come to my house to wash your feet and be my guests for the night. You may then get up early in the morning and be on your way again." Oh no," they replied. 
We'll just spend the night out here in the city square. But Lot insisted. So at last, they gave in and they went home with him. Lot prepared a feast for them, complete with fresh bread made without yeast, and they ate. But before they retired for the night, all the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. So here are these two angels who went to go to eat with Lot. You know, they had a feast. They were having a good time. The angels knew what was coming, but, you know, they still they still went with Lot. They were like, okay, fine, we'll go eat. And then there are these men from all over Sodom, you know, from the youngest, you know, it could be like a 14-year-old to like the oldest, it could be like 90. And they were all walking, huh, huh, huh. They were walking to Lot's house, like all angry, rioting and everything, making a whole big mess. And then they go to his house, they surround it, and they're like, hey, Lot, yo, come out here. Pretty, they didn't say that, but we can imagine they could, they said something along those lines. And they're like, hey, those two men that you have in your house, which were the angels, but you know, they were men still, they looked like men. And they're like, bring those men out to me. We're going to take them away and do what we want with them. And Lot's like, um, <laughs> hold on. And he like gets out. He leaves the like dinner. He closes the door. And he's like, excuse me, please. No, you will not do that horrendous things you want to do. You will not be cruel with them. No, 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 no. I have two daughters. You can take them as your wives. You can do whatever you want, but you will not touch these men. You will leave them alone because they are under my protection because they are my guest. So that's the conversation. You know, they were arguing. And there were people, of course, like, ah, like, nah, nah, fight, fight, fight. And they were always like, ah, you know, they were all having like a big commotion. And then stand back, they shouted. This fellow, so the men, the whole bunch, group of men from Sodom who were outside of Lot's house, they were like, oh, okay, everybody, back away, back away. You know, this man is an outsider. He was not born here. He came to Sodom. And now he wants to act like all righteous and not like our judge? No. And then they tell Lot, we're going to treat you worse than we were going to treat those other men. And then they lunge towards Lot to break down the door and they were like ah like all fighting pushing and throwing punches and everything you know and then the two angels reached out they got lot from the from all the crowd and brought him into the house and bolted the door they like closed the door shut and then after they bolted the door they blinded all the men who were outside trying to fight and get in so the men were now blinded. Like one second they could see, like Lot's gone now. And they're like, what? And then they're blind. They like can't see. They're like, what's going on? And they stopped fighting because, you know, they could not see. So it was pointless to keep on fighting. And then the angels question Lot. Do you have any other relatives here in the city? They asked. Get them out of this place. Your sons-in-laws, your sons, your daughters, or anyone else. Get them out. For we are about to destroy this city completely. 
The outcry against this place is so great, it has reached the Lord. And he has sent us to destroy it. So God gave a commandment. No, he gave a command to the two angels. He was like, you know what? Sodom, horrible, has been wicked, nothing but that. I don't want to see them anymore. People have complained way too much about Sodom. And now we have to do something about it. We are going to destroy them completely. So the angels are like, Lot, take your family, get out. Get out. And Lot rushed to tell the daughter's fiancés. They're like, come on, let's get out. But the men, the fiancés of the girls, they were like, oh, please, Lot, come on. God's not going to do that. The angels are not going to do that. Please, Lot. You're dreaming. And they didn't believe. So they stayed back. You know, Lot... um, took his wife and the daughters to get out and if they didn't get out they were going to be killed so of course they wanted to live so they went out and when lot hesitated he did he's like um sh- should i really go is it really gonna do that the angels took his hand and the hands of his wife and the daughters and rushed them to safety so you can imagine the angels grabbing them and like running they were like you're getting out of here, okay? I, we're taking you out uh, before the city was destroyed. For the Lord was merciful. And when they were out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives. Run. And don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. So the angels like, run, run, like, I don't care. You just run towards the mountains and don't look back. Don't stop. And then he's like, oh, no, my Lord, Lotbeg, you have been so gracious to me and have saved my life. You have shown such great kindness, but I will not go. I cannot go to the mountains. Disaster would catch up to me there and I would soon die. See, there is a nearby village. Please let me go there. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. All right, the angel said. I will grant your request. I will not destroy the little village, but hurry, escape for it. For I can do nothing until you arrive there. This explains why that village was known as Zor, which means little place. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then... The Lord rained down fire, burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah were doing really bad things, and God was going to destroy them for their wickedness. So he was was utterly destroying them and the other cities and villages in the little plain of that area, that region. And he was wiping everybody out and all the vegetation and everything that was there. And Lot's wife was way too curious she was like okay hold on like we hear all this noise and everything but it's is it really true are they just like trying to like scam us like to just get us out of here like is god really being really is he speaking seriously so she stops she stops running and she looks back looks back and sees the city and she turned into a pillar of salt so you can imagine like lot running his daughter's running and and you know whoever else was with him running and you know their mom lot's wife was also running with them and she just decides to look back and she turns into salt 
they no longer have their mom, but they cannot look back at their mom to see what happened to her. Because if they look back, they will also become salt. So Abraham got up early that morning and hurried out to the place where the Lord had stood in presence. He looked out across the plain towards Sodom and Gomorrah and watched as columns of smoke rose from the city like smoke from a furnace. It was just burning that place. And Abraham was like, whoa, God did that. But God had listened to Abraham's request and kept Lot safe. And Lot was Abraham's nephew, by the way, removing him from disaster that engulfed the city. So God listened to Abraham. He's like, okay, fine, fine. We'll get some people out. Those people will get out and I will destroy the rest of the city. But we'll get those people out to safety. And then... After Lot was in Zor, he was, like, afraid that people were going to find him. He was afraid that people were going to come for him. Survivors were going to come for him or somebody, relatives. Who knew? He was just scared of people coming for him and his daughters. So they went to live in a cave. And then there um, we can see how the daughters became pregnant and they were going to have children. Um who were later developed and came the Moabites and the Ammonites. But yeah, that is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed and Lot fleeing the city and God's promise to Abraham that he will have a descendant. Because is anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer is no. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of the BU Podcast. I'm so glad that you guys had time to listen to this and probably learned a lot. I'm Ashley, spreading the great word of God and reaching many hearts one episode at a time with, of course, the help of God. See you next time. Jesus loves you.